everyone for today i'm joined with a special guest zoe mclean and she's going to be here to talk about her role as victorian part 12 of twin peaks we're going to talk a lot more about a lot about acting in general and her other work but i'll hand the mic over to her so she can introduce herself further hi i'm zoe i've been acting since i was seven years old in general but professionally since i was 12 i am most known for twin peaks obviously but i'm also in a few other things i'm in a movie called the night stalker that's about richard ramirez the serial killer i am in a movie about sex trafficking called skin in the game and uh, i'm also in a film called laggies with kira knightley that i believe is on netflix nowadays but that was actually my first role my first big role anyway on that topic what was the thing that got you into acting initially and like i guess the movies that inspired you going into it as well i'm not gonna lie i was majorly inspired as a child by hillary duff um i grew up loving lizzie mcguire and my mom and i watched this i believe it was like a, a dvd of like her concert and they had this little you know featurette in between the scenes of her performing where she talked about her history and you know coming to LA for the first time and she came with her mom and her sister and she stayed at these apartments called the Oakwood Apartments and my mom was like oh we could do that and so she started researching it we didn't do it for a few years but when I was 12 we came out to LA for the first time literally followed her footsteps stayed in the Oakwood Apartments and you know did everything she did but it all started with theater camp I did theater camp when I was seven and I fell in love with it. I was a really shy kid and it was a way for me to express myself. And I just kind of fell in love with it. And I, it was all I wanted to do. I mean, all through elementary school, whenever anyone would ask what I wanted to do, it's like, oh, I want to be an actor. They're like, oh, do you have plans to go to college? I'd be like, nope, <laughs> no plans to go to college. Just want to act. <laughs> now, actually, there's no shame in liking Hillary Duff because I have a younger sister. And I remember 2003 was the year of just like the Lizzie McGuire movie and a Cinderella story was just always on. Mm -hmm. And actually, I live in Buffalo and Chad Michael Murray also happens to be from Buffalo. So a Cinderella story was like impossible to escape for months for that time yeah it was yeah. like both of them at the height of their of their careers uh arguably yeah so i i definitely know it's like the you know the hype around her and the appeal of like definitely why my sister was uh listening to her all the time yeah yeah she was very big for her time and i mean i feel like she's still well established i know she's she does some tv and stuff but you know she's definitely an actor i'll always have a soft spot for you know <laughs> i think the thing is that with her is that she seems to be the one child star who's actually managed to live a relatively normal life which really adds to the appeal as well yeah because you see that a lot where for every devon sow or brenda song you have like a macaulay culkin yeah. and uh, it's really nice when you see someone who at least seemed like there's like it's relatively conflict free exactly yeah i agree <laughs> I guess we could talk about when you discovered uh, David Lynch's films in Twin Peaks as well. So I was only vaguely familiar with Twin Peaks. I knew about it because of the fact that I grew up in Washington State and, you know, there's not a lot that had filmed there. So I kind of knew my mom had mentioned it before that there was this TV show. I'd never watched it. When I went into the audition, they didn't tell me what it was and I didn't officially find out until I booked the role. But 
my mom told me she had a feeling that it was Twin Peaks. And so just because of like rumor and speculation and some of the secrecy, she's like, I think it's Twin Peaks. I think I heard they're doing this thing. You know, it's just a rumor, but it probably is. So when I booked the role is when I watched all of season one and two. I didn't watch Firewalk with me until later because it wasn't available at the time. But I did also watch Firewalk with me before I started watching season three. So I kind of was clued into everything at that point. But yeah, prior to that, I'd never seen anything from David Lynch. On the topic, since you said that it was like that feeling that you would be, it would be Twin Peaks you'd be casted for. Did you have like an Audrey inspired or a Donna Hayward inspired type of getup when you went in? Or was it just sort of like you just kind of did your own thing? I mean, honestly, I, I have a really good memory and normally I would remember exactly what I wore, but I have no memory of what I wore. I know that my, my agent told me to dress Twin Peaksy. And so I'm, I, I honestly don't remember what I wore, but I think I just wore like an average outfit that I would wear to an audition, which is, I, I dress usually pretty, I guess you could say girl next door, just average, like nothing too, too overly stylized, nothing too specific. So, but I don't specifically remember what I was wearing. I remember it was the summer, so it might've been hot. I might've been wearing shorts, but other than that, I don't remember. This is one, cause I visited Washington for the first time, specifically North Bend Snoqualmie last year. Mm-hmm. And I remember the big thing was that there was kind of polarizing views of people who live in that area of Twin Peaks. Was mm-hmm. that anything that kind of you had in mind when you were younger of like this either positive or negative preconception of the show just based off of living in Washington state? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I felt like it, it's a cult following show, right? So with anything like that, you're going to have very differing views. And especially watching it for the first time, I could see why some people would be like, mm, you know, is this really what we want to represent, you know, our state? But I personally loved it. I genuinely really thought it was unique. I really thought that it, it tells a story that is really captivating because of its weirdness, because of its quirkiness, but also it's dramatic. It is it is everything that you want out of a show, especially for its time. You know, it was very ahead of its time, I think, in a lot of ways. From my understanding, it's a lot of it goes from Joanna Ray to David Lynch. But mm-hmm. I guess, you know, it's like once he saw everything that you had lined up, uh, what do you think he saw in you that made you ultimately land the role in part 12? I, I mean, I, I'll never know for sure what went through his head, but I feel like I think I've, I've mentioned before what I said in my audition. I was asked to talk about a work experience. And at the time, I had never done anything outside of acting. And I wasn't allowed to talk about acting. So beforehand, me and Heidi were talking about it. And she was like, okay, just talk about something else. Like, what about school? She's like, have you gone to college yet? And I was like, because I was 19 at the time. And I was like, well, I went to makeup school. And I learned makeup. And so she asked me to talk about you know my experience with that. So she asked me while we're filming, if I got to go to prom and if I did my friend's makeup for prom. And I said, well, I got dumped before prom. And then I said, but it's okay because I'm dating a really cool boy and he has blue hair. And that was what I said. And I don't remember anything else other than that. So I would imagine that I, my honesty, I guess my, my honesty of just being like, yeah, I got dumped. It's fine. Oh, now I'm dating someone else. It's cool. was very different than probably anyone else said. I feel like everyone else probably tried to be like very professional or over the top. And I was just like, oh yeah, I got dumped. It's fine. (laughs) Now I'm dating someone else. It's cool. And I feel like, I feel like I probably brought something unique that other people didn't bring. I know that I was a lot younger than the other people who were in the room. Most of them were in their late twenties and I was 19, but honestly, your guess is as good as mine. I've always felt like that probably stood out though. That's always what I've thought is I'm glad I said that. And I don't even think I meant to, I think it kind of just came out, but. (laughs) 
What was your reaction when you actually found out you got the part? I was really surprised. You know, it's there's so many auditions and there's so many roles that you just never hear about ever again. Or or you do and you see the role and you're like, oh, that person's completely different than me. Or that person's older or that person's this or that person's that, you know, it's to me, it's always a do it and then forget about it. There's some roles that I start thinking about and letting myself be like, oh, what would it be like if I got this? But I think with this project, not even knowing for sure what it was really helped to just do it and let go of it. You know, I was like, well, I don't even know what it is. There's no way to fantasize about it. There's no way to be like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool? Because I didn't know. So I was really surprised, really surprised. It was, I remember where I was when I got the, the NDA in the mail I was in a small ski resort and I was walking down the street. My mom called me and was like, your NDA's here. Like, got to come home and sign it. Like, you know, I guess you booked it because I'm pretty sure I didn't even know until I got the NDA, if I remember correctly. And I was like, oh, I guess I have it now. <laughs> Once you found out you were indeed on Twin Peaks, uh, what did it feel like that you were on set and that you were working alongside with David Lynch and Grace Zabriskie? It was really, really surreal. I knew at that point the weight of what I was doing because I'd watched everything. I'd also had conversations with people about it who were longtime fans and they're like, wow, this is so cool. And I definitely, I wish that I knew what it was going to do for my life at that point. Cause I feel like I would have appreciated it even more if I knew how much my life was going to change, but it was still really, really honestly humbling to get to work with somebody so talented as Grace. I mean, she's she was so kind and so welcoming and so professional. And obviously she's incredibly talented. The How quickly she can go from zero to a hundred with her emotions is really amazing to watch, especially being so young at the time and getting to watch an amazing performer like that. And David is also really, really cool. I mean, he's just a cool guy. He's super, super nice, super quirky. It was just a really fun environment to be in. Now that's, that sounds amazing. Cause um, I think of when I met Mary Reber last year and she was talking about when she met Grace Zabriskie and mm -hmm. she was, uh, she, she actually just thought, loved her like tough as nails demeanor, but she mm -hmm. distinctly, I just remember said that uh, Grace, she has a much smaller frame than you would think in person. And she, mm -hmm. with her both her hands, she shakes Mary's hands. Like, this is a beautiful home please take very good care of it. And it was sort of like a, all right, I got to scrub this place from top to bottom sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know that with part 12, where it's like, it's a very small but pivotal role. Did you mm -hmm. have any backstory of sorts for what you had in mind for your character of like how this character would, you know, live in Twin Peaks, how they coexist with the characters or even just an average day on the job? I mean, I personally didn't have any backstory I created for myself. What David told me is that I've known Sarah my whole life and that this is not usual behavior for her. This is, this is abnormal and that I should be confused as to why she's acting hysterical. So I would imagine that I probably go to the high school. I'm probably a lifer, probably have lived there my whole life, obviously work at the supermarket. I mean, I never really created a whole identity, but I feel like probably a good student, probably a good kid, not really getting into trouble, definitely not getting into trouble. Laura did, but I know Johnny Oshner who plays Oscar. Mm -hmm. uh, I know obviously like you only worked, I, I'm assuming probably for a day or two. Did he, yeah. uh, was he told the same thing or did he kind of have his own backstory? He was told the same thing. Yeah. I worked, we worked one day for like about six hours and he, 
I mean, he, I don't know how much of his story he would want me to tell, but I haven't talked to him in years, but, uh, he, he's not even really an actor. He was a college student. He was very much just normal person. He'd done a few things and I can't remember what his story was of how he ended up auditioning for Twin Peaks, but I think it's cause he had done like one or two things. I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool, but he wasn't like pursuing it professionally. So I think for him, it was probably an even crazier experience to be on Twin Peaks, but yeah, he was told the same thing as I was. Um, you know, David kind of directed both of us the same way. As far as I know, he did not have any backstory either. <laughs> I think of that scene where uh, right when Sarah leaves, like, I know where she lives. I can drop her, her stuff off. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm just projecting from my days of working at retail. But I love how he says I could do that. And then there's this yeah. moment of his face where he's like, wow, I really wish I didn't put that out there. <laughs> Yeah, because I think anyone who's worked in retail has like offered to do something polite and thought, oh, no, please don't let me do it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Did you have any guesses about your scene and like, you know, if there would be a broader context to the show? I definitely wondered. Um, I watching through, you know, live with everyone else every week. I just kept looking for signs like that my scene was coming and there was just nothing. And I was like, wow, this really feels like a one off you know, moment. I don't understand. And I mean, obviously there was a little bit of context with Sarah and the watching those images on TV and like, you know, there was a little bit of context, but I, I definitely, I had no idea. And I feel like I still have no idea what, what genuinely happened in that grocery store. I don't know if you really think of it too much, but have, have your theories or thoughts on that scene changed over time? Or have you kind of just been like comfortable with like, you know, a certain theory that you've had the, from the start? I feel like the most likely is probably that, you know, it's Judy. I feel like that's the most likely. I obviously like some of the theories that she thinks I'm Laura or that I am Laura somehow and that that's what's causing her to freak out. I think that would be cool if that was the case, (laughs) but I think most likely it's, it's, it's Judy and it's, you know, there's, there's some, something going on there that causes her to freak out. That's not, you know, apparent to any of us. It's kind of crazy that I'm actually saying this out loud, but I think of the turkey jerky part. I think of the references of turkeys like in imagery or reference throughout like the original series, season three mm-hmm. in the movie. And that scene that you're in with and Grace Zabriskie, that's actually a thing I come back to of like, oh, wait, I think this makes sense because of this now. And yeah. uh, that is that's a scene where I try to do a rewatch once every year. And that scene always has this like visceral, just intensity that amplifies each time. It's never like, oh, you know, I know it's coming up. There's always something else that just makes it more unsettling. Yeah, it's funny that it comes off that way because I've been asked that if it felt that way while filming. And I'm like, you know, honestly, it didn't. I mean, Grace was so kind that it was like it didn't feel intense. It was just you know, another day at work doing my job. At the time, I had a lot of other things on my mind. I know I've said this before too, that I was, uh, I had no sleep the night before and I had to be up. I think I had a 7 a.m. call time. And so I was running on coffee and I remember my mouth kept twitching and I was like, I'm just trying to get through my scene. So I think my, my main goal was to not mess up my lines to react appropriately. (laughs) And I wasn't really thinking a lot about like, what was happening in the moment definitely watching it back though it's like oh yeah that is really intense but it didn't feel that way at all i guess it's like filming a horror movie it feels really scary when you're watching it but when you're doing it it's just you have all the other things on your mind oh is there something in my teeth did i mess up that line you know whatever you know 
course, you said that this role, you know, even despite being a small yet pivotal role, has changed your life in so many ways. What was it like when you first started talking with fans? Like, even like, you know, we'll say the day after part 12, how different things felt in terms of how you were around Washington or fans approached you, how friends and family reached out. I mean, I imagine that there's got to be a lot like, you know, that you're riding on, like on that initial wave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would say most of the attention was virtual. I still have, unless I'm at a fan event, I still have never been recognized in public. I actually take that back. It happened one time, but he had just seen me at a fan event like two days prior and he came up to me in a restaurant. So I don't know if that counts because he was like, I recognize you. You're at the pop up with all the actors. I was like, oh, yeah. But other than that one time, I've never been recognized outside of fan events. I remember that first day. I had like hundreds of new follows on Twitter and like I had people DMing me and people, you know, tweeting at me saying that they loved the episode, but I would say it's actually increased over time. I feel like the more I've become involved with the community, the more people have learned my name and who I am. I feel like being a part of this community makes it grow more and more because I remember the first few months it was like probably about a hundred people, you know, that I gained. And since then, I think I have like 1,200 something followers on Twitter. And so that, you know, it's probably like hundreds and hundreds of people since then that have found me and, you know, want to hear what I have to say and want to talk to me and interact with me. Is there, you know, any work that you've done before since then that you, that you love doing, that you love fans of Twin Peaks that might not, might have overlooked, but you think would like? Yeah, I mean, the number one that has the biggest impact is Skin in the Game. Working on that project was super informative for me. Their whole goal was to, as accurately as possible, portray sex trafficking. And so they had all of us that were playing victims talk to someone who had actually gone through that. And she gave us each backstories, like specifically what what would have happened to us. Very graphic things I'm not going to say here, but she gave us real life scenarios of this is what they would do. This is how they get you to cooperate. This is what would have happened. This is how you would have been taken. This is, you know, and then talked about her own experiences as she was a victim herself. And she now works to save women uh, who are in sex trafficking rings. So that was really, really, really impactful for me shooting it and watching that film back. It definitely shows the dangers of that world. And so I would say Skin in the Game is probably the number one I can recommend just because it a lot of people know a little bit about that world, but don't know the whole ins and outs of it. And it's it's a scary thing and it can happen to anyone. You know, it, it could happen to your friend. It could happen to your neighbor. It, it's it's an important thing to be aware of. Now, once I put this episode out, I, I you know, I'll do my best to see if I can go on Decider to see what's playing on or ways that people can play it. And just so, you know, just because, you know, it's obviously a very important topic. And of course, mm -hmm. it's a movie that means a lot to you. So, you know, I'll do my best to make sure it's like out there for fans of Twin Peaks to know about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The last time we talked was on Wyndham's Cabin. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, we raised a decent amount of money to charity for it. Was there anything else you'd want to promote or any causes um, you'd want people to be aware of? I mean, I don't have any specific charity that I follow, but I am always a big believer in like animals. Like I foster kittens a lot. I've done it a lot throughout my life since I was a little kid. I think that 
animal activism is really important to me and especially like supporting shelters, supporting fostering, doing whatever you can do. I've volunteered at shelters. I've gone and socialized cats. I've done a lot. My mom went in and cleaned the shelter. Like she was cleaning the cat rooms and I was sitting there playing with kittens while she did it. Like I've been super involved with specifically cats and kittens. Um, Also older cats. I've taken in a lot of older cats that no one wants to adopt. And I have a lot of cats. (laughs) I have a lot of cats because of that, but that's a super important one to me. Just, you know, humane capture and release programs. I've worked with a lot of, a lot of those before and helping humanely capture, like there's cats in the studio. There's, I'm going to forget other names right now, but they, they go in and they go to colonies of cats and they humanely trap them, spay, and then release them. So that way they're not having more babies and we're not having more cats dying on the streets. I know you mentioned your Twitter, but do you want to mention uh, what your name was so fans could reach out to you? Yeah, my Twitter handle is Z McLean, which is Z M C L A N E. My Instagram is Zoe McLean, Z O E M C L A N E. Yeah, that's pretty much all. I have been saying this forever and I really am going to do it, but at some point I'm going to start making YouTube videos again. I have three videos filmed that I filmed a very long time ago that I do fully intend to put up. I just haven't gotten around to editing them and and creating a channel because I'm going to create a new channel. I have an old one. I'm going to create a new channel. I'm going to do it. When I do that, I will post it on my Twitter probably. And so everyone can find it and subscribe. But I do hope people actually subscribe because that would be really sad if I worked like hours because I spent the whole summer 2020 making this one video that I have not edited yet. I spent like probably like 12 hours filming it. I think that, uh, you know, you mentioned, I think it was 1,200 followers. Um, I'm sure that, you know, they'll at least, you know, they'll get like the right amount of retweets and uh, that can circulate around, at least within the Twin Peaks community. Yeah, exactly. I, I hope so. I hope that my goal is to have the YouTube channel up by the end of September and have my videos edited and up and running by then. That's my goal. I have to set a goal for myself now because I've been putting it off for so long. So that's my goal. <laughs> thank you for coming on and that uh, really means a lot. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you, Zona. Hope you have a great day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.